to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I have been brought in for this doomed mission. I am Niall McGowan from Bat Minute. All right. I like that he has his own things. Like he's 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 on point with a uh, quip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the toothbrush. <laughs> Not the toothbrush. It is. Uh, it is that thing where they say, "Here's the script. Make it your own." This is not uh, branded content by Quip. Uh, um, but hey, if you're listening, see, please like, again, because um, Irish guy, it's just like Quip. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> then now you're doing Deadshot. Just like what? What are these guys? Is this a joke I'm supposed to get? Oh yeah. Something, or? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Quip is a toothbrush it company. Is a, it is a new toothbrush. Yeah. It is out on the market. Yeah. Yeah, it's about twenty it's a new toothbrush. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell us more about Quip toothbrushes. I've been what hearing them, them uh, advertising on other podcast shows, so now this is me reaching that out to would them and be telling them to sponsor us. Such a perfect sponsor <laughs> because we would be—it's superhero movies where quips are known to happen. The, it writes themselves. Yeah, we're, we're and perfect quip, market. Speaking of quips, every time there's a quip, is an opportunity to talk about the toothbrush, mm-hmm. where they mail you replacement toothbrush heads every month. Now you're just you're not yeah, getting I'm paid for it. any of this. <laughs> so like, it. come on. Uh, maybe we should at them at Quips. At uh, Quip, hey, we like <laughs> hey, Quips. Just let us give us a couple bucks, and uh, we'll we'll talk the about it. The thing is, is yesterday I was listening to how did this get made? Yeah, you know, that's hosted by people who are like professional comedians. They're quite like they're L.A. Yeah. Hollywood Paul Shear, comedians, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I love yeah. that show. And then they they had a thing they're joking about. This like, oh, make money from this podcast, and they kind of like chuckle away, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll get paid in like Casper mattresses and stuff. And that's just like, if I could afford, if I could get paid in Casper mattresses, yeah. I would love absolutely. that because my mattress it fucking sucks. <laughs> and if you get a bunch of them all the time, you just sell them on yourself for extortionate prices. That'd be amazing. I know. We're we're on the same page here, boys. This is it. Um, uh, I want a Quip toothbrush. Do you really? I, I don't do. Know. I went looking for one on that there uh, Black Friday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, hold on. So, today we're talking about minute number 48 of Suicide Squad, which is going to start with Harley Quinn getting dressed. Oh, man, I was going to... What was your... Uh, do you have the, a better start? Yeah. <laughs> the minute's going to start with Harley's legs going all the way to the ground. Yep, it sure does. And the minute's going to end with uh, Suicide Squad banter. Suicide Squad. They're banter. doing it. <laughs> it is. Uh, this is. This is. Um, this is Suicide Squad. This, this is, is it. This is what people wanted to see. This is it. The, the Harley Quinn getting a uh, a very revealing moment. Uh, I don't know how to talk about it. I just um, uh, I think her tattoo says it all, Marco. Yeah, or lucky th- you, lucky you. Yeah, <laughs> it uh, the thing is though. Yeah, in a in a post Wonder Woman world though, mm-hmm. I wonder if this shot would have got more flack now because this is like, you know, a predominantly male dominated movie made by a male director. And then Wonder Woman, one of the big things people praise them for, is like, oh, they never try to sexualize Wonder Woman. She's always any shot you see her, she just looks badass. Mm-hmm. There's no like up upskirt shots. And I know even then in Justice League, there were like mm. people. I, I didn't spot them myself, but I know people were complaining that she was more sexualized in Justice League. Whereas this one, this is flat out just lurid. Like, yep, this is check check her out, guys. 
And it's a bit like, I don't know if this would fly. Even two years later, yeah. they might have got a bit more backlash for this. Probably. I think this was even in, like the promotional material and everything. Yeah. Um, I think it I, th- I think it comes along with the character. Harley Quinn has, is already mm-hmm. sexualized within herself. Um, you know, even with the depictions of her G-string coming up on her hips kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. just like those little things where it's like, oh, yeah, Harley is just sexualized in media already um and wonder woman (laughs) has been doing a fantastic job of getting away from that and never having really any of that maybe with the exception of grant morrison but uh wonder woman is really good about keeping to that aspect and i think um it's almost expected when it comes to a character like harley um i'm expecting her legs i'm expecting to see midriff I'm expecting her to be in a to be sexualized to be in a red and white bra. Yeah, like, uh, the the it, the conversation revolves around the stigma of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the sexualizing of of characters for the male audience, the male mm-hmm. gaze. Um, well, I mean, not necessarily males. It could be females as it well. Could be females Sometimes as girls well. like dressing up uh, like all goth that Harley Quinn is, and stuff. And that is where I'm trying to get to. More power to you. Maybe, you know, it sh- like. This is this is her. She likes doing that. You know, she likes dressing that way. I don't. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's such a tough conversation to like have where it's like, where you you almost sound like you're trying to defend her dressing up like that way, but then you know deep down it's for okay the audience. Now now, what if we had a scene of Flex Mentallo putting on a you know tight weightlifter you know strongman suit like muscle beach type thing? What if there is like a a thing where we do get Flex Mentallo looking all oiled up Magic Mike style. Is that Mm. on reverse? Are we going to be saying, well, that's for the female audience. Are we going to say, no, that's the character. That is Flex. Like he is this oiled up pretty boy muscle beach personality that him, you know, showing off his pecs and all the muscles and short shorts, like all weightlifter Magic Mike style. Like that's just what it is. Let's Let's go back in time. This, because <laughs> this, this, is, this is the first time. So welcome to minute three of yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah. This is the first time a female character is being shown like this in the DC Cinematic Universe. Lois Lane has never been given this treatment. She's been she was very, in a bathtub. very well yeah, respected. That, that but it was Lady in the Water, though. Too. <laughs> it was so. Lady in the Water. There was meaning behind that scene. And it, was a, it was a love scene. <laughs> it was a love scene between her and... And you know what? Because in a movie that was like a drama, like how Dawn of Justice was, there would be a sex scene with Clark and Lois. That, but that meant I've something. I've been keeping an yes. eye, too, actually. Because like I've gone to see a lot of Amy Adams movies. And she is in the bath at least once in most of them. I'm beginning to wonder if she has it in her contract. It's like Amy Adams just loves to bathe on screen. Maybe. Like it's really, if you look into it, like she's like John Cusack in the rain. John Cusack oh, was always standing yeah. in the rain in movies. And that's like, yeah, that's Amy Adams thing. She just loves being sitting in water. It's her thing, apparently. But I mean, have you ever had a bath and a glass of wine at the same time? It is a very... I mean, have you ever been in a bath with Amy Adams? Amy I wouldn't Adams, get out. That's Amy Adams, like, in her bathtub, and they're like, we need you on set. And she's like, just bring the camera in here. Yeah. I'm having <laughs> hanging out. You just bring the camera in here. We'll do the lines here. Yeah. Um, but no, like, uh, but for the most part, we've gotten many, many male moments. Oh, uh, yeah. Shirtless oh, yeah, Superman totally cooking get, eggs. Like, friggin'. Yeah. Affleck ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ben Affleck in the shower. Bat butt. Okay. You had basically naked Steve Trevor. 
getting out to oh, yeah. get his watch. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you have many Henry, Henry Cavill moments of shirtless. This is what I look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to get some Jason Momoa. Look at my body with all this tattoos on it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get mm-hmm. that. So there, there's, I don't know, like it, this seems like okay. it's eye candy. It's eye candy, but it's like, it's almost like, and it's also okay. like it plays with the character. Too. Yeah. So um, she looks great. I mean, awesome. Yeah, you look good. Margo, you look beautiful. Um, I think, uh, the, the, the costume in itself, though, I know a lot of people, even though, again, I know many women who have cosplayed and just gone out at Halloween as different versions of Harley, uh, as, oh, sorry, as different versions of Harley, including this one. So, like, they don't, they don't mind how sexualized the costume is. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, like, I, I almost had a bit of, like, yeah, I don't know why she's in the hot pants, though. That's a bit much. And then as soon as it was, like, oh, yeah, this is, it's based on a photo of Debbie Harry from the 70s. She's mm-hmm. wearing pretty much exactly the same outfit. Mm-hmm. That instantly was, like, oh, no, that is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, that's fair enough. That's what the influence is. Yeah. And I know that they said as well that it was supposed to be that uh, Leto's Joker was supposed to be, like, the thin white Duke version of Bowie. And then yeah. that doesn't come across as well. <laughs> That's I, just like, yeah, nah, no, I still I don't, like I don't look, get though. Bowie but, feels at all, which is kind of a shame. And I'm glad that I don't get Bowie feels from. But hey, I got to tell you guys something. Um, I'm a sucker for baseball t-shirts. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's just something about that style that's just like, yep, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It does work. You I, got me, I lady. Am, I'm sold. Like, once we get past talking shit about the, the the logistics of the costumes, where they come from, why they were The marketing ploys of Harley Once Quinn. you see... Well, I'm talking about the whole team. Okay. Like, oh, okay. seeing the team, like seeing Captain Boomerang as, you know, this is Captain Boomerang, you know, this mm-hmm. is Killer Croc wearing a leather jacket because he's not alligator enough. Uh, you know, I'm... Crocodile. Crocodile enough. <laughs> I am like, okay, I still am with the program. I... I yeah, I'm. I can move forward still. I Deadshot get it. looks fine. Uh, Harley Quinn looks fine. That all looks really, really good. Um, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> also, train of thought there, but yeah, because it went back to the minute went, with Harley getting dressed. Back. Oh, it got you. We have it on loop, so it's uh, we're getting curveballs thrown at us. Um, but uh, this this minute has all the accents in the world, and and there's a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every accent from every country. That's funny. There, That's really funny. There's, you know, Will Smith has his, like, L.A. American accent. There's, or, I don't know. And then Harley Quinn, New York. And yeah. it is. Diablo it's, with the. It's, it's enjoyable. Cool, homie. I'm cool, I gotta homie. Say, I got to tell you something. So I said this to you, I think, the day after I first watched Suicide Squad. I remember because you you really liked Diablo in this movie. You really liked him. I do. Um, Sleeper hit. I remember thinking he <laughs> and I. It was with his accent and like with the dialogue probably, but it was almost trying too hard, and like this kind of thing. Like, no, I'm cool, homie. Like, what? You don't have to act that L.A. gangbanger. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I get what you're trying to do, but it's almost like sometimes it's just like you wouldn't say that naturally. Uh, you might i don't know it's, it's you're, you're right you're it's, right it's, i don't know things so, i don't know it's, people it's in that weird region because it's like right. what it is is um 
it just seemed like because it wasn't just this part. This was just the, one of the parts that made me think like Diablo was. Uh, at, later on, after watching it again, I enjoyed him. I thought he was great. But when I first saw it, it was like your dialogue just seems a little too hard. Jay Hernandez is a is a, an incredible actor. I like mm-hmm. him. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, there there are two things though. One is if you're getting into that character, it is not you playing a a L.A. Mexican American gangster. Mm-hmm. It is a Mexican American who grew up in you know L.A. and you are in that culture, and that is how you talk. You're probably saying that all the time, and so for you it is normal. But then on the other side of it, it's a comic book movie. They're all supposed to be comic book characters. Yeah. So you have to play up the stereotype because you're all fake. You're all yeah. you are a super bil- super villain from New York. You are a super villain from LA who is a Mexican American gangster. Like mm-hmm. you have to bring it you have to play it up. Mm. So maybe it's just like it's that way because it has to be. Yeah. And okay. So I get that. It's like I enjoy it, but it's like every single one of them has an accent. Yeah. They all have an accent. Killer Croc, when he talks, has a got like a bayou, a bayou yeah. accent. And, <laughs> <what's> <laughs> a, and it's like they all have an accent. It like it blows my mind. Yeah. Um, I did say that this is. I think this is a great minute for the squad. This is the first time that they're all together and conversing within each other, and it's a little bit weird. Um, maybe this is a maybe this is just a natural thing that humans do. If you're put into a group of people that are kind of like in similar interests or whatever it have you, I do a lot of focus groups, so like I get thrown into groups where it's just I don't know these people; they're complete strangers, but I'm forced to talk with them mm-hmm. with a common interest or goal. That's what these people have, and it's like. New kids in school, you're in the schoolyard, everybody's getting like dressed in like their own little uh, identities, and then you just start having these conversations. Um, I just liked it because this was the first time the team is having a conversation within themselves, mm-hmm. and you start to get dynamics a little bit. It's a little good. You start to get a feel for who's the, 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 the wisecrackers. Mm-hmm. Surprise, it's everybody. Um <laughs> 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 but uh, I thought it was a it's it's a good minute. Uh, what are we at? Forty eight. I think it's a good minute. I like for it. the squad. I like it's it, it. I like the dynamic when they're yeah. It's like that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like once we get past the logistics of it all, like seeing them together and like talking and mm-hmm. doing their thing. It's like I like it. I like the camaraderie. Yeah, they're I I've always liked the misfit like. Uh, Motley Crue Motley Crue I've always enjoyed that aspect of things and I enjoy seeing them um, and I do remember being in the theater like once they start doing this it's enjoyable Mm -hmm. I like there's always one person who's just always quiet and I think it's Killer Croc who's just there to be a fly on the wall and he Mm -hmm. laughs at their jokes and stuff like that Um, (laughs) but then you get another character who's just there to be quiet who shows up in like the next two minutes where it's like oh that's why she's in this too Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, but uh, one of the things I liked about this minute is, so Captain Boomerang comes up to Diablo and is like, what's that on your face? Is that crap wash off? And Killer Croc laughs, but Killer Croc... it's a funny line. <laughs> and Kill- the delivery was fantastic. He He's the one wearing makeup. It's an actor wearing makeup, so mm-hmm. it's like a funny... Ju- well, I guess they're both... Diablo's wearing, wearing makeup, it's like, too. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not real tattoos. But it is kind of funny because it's like... It pans to the one guy who's wearing the most amount of makeup, laughing about 
makeup being washed off. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Well, um, there's a lot of dialogue, though, before that I don't actually get is when Deadshot's kind of getting his stuff together and he actually looks like he's sort of ruminating on events. And Harley says to him, like, oh, won't fit anymore. Too much junk in the trunk. And you notice that she's chewing chewing gum. So obviously when they went and got all her stuff, they got her chewing gum as well for some reason. Yeah, gum was in there. uh, But what is she... I know, like, too much junk in the trunk is... Like that's a it's a it's a it's a sexual joke. But then what she he's just standing like looking at his mask. So what yeah. you know too won't fit anymore. Where in his Got pockets? Too much brain now. Is it won't <laughs> fit? like like on his face? I guess like for some reason like I guess she saw it as like he's hesitating to put his mask on, and um, <laughs> I think it's lost on audience much like yourself is because that Deadshot is usually always wearing his mask in the books and everything, and in this movie he's not. So in order for us to see Will Smith looking down at a mask that is a trademark to the character, that's something he should always be wearing, and he's hesitant to put it on, I think we're supposed to be like, oh, something bad happened. Oh, he's like remorseful about being dead shot yeah. instead of him just slapping it on and being like, I'm ready to go. Um, well, that, that's the thing then. So you, despite the fact the film is continuously telling us that, oh, they're bad guys. Yeah. He, he does have a. It does seem like this is the the. You're almost at the beginning of like a redemptive arc here for Deadshot, even though we're continuously reminded that he's a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, but then, so, you know, the, the, she says, "I'm like, oh, you know, uh, too much junk in the trunk and all this kind of business." And then he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, every time I put this on, somebody dies." And she's just like, "And," and then he's just like, "Oh, I like putting it on." And it's like, is he saying that out of like bravado? Or are we mis- misreading his standing and staring at the mask, and he actually genuinely yeah. does like putting the stuff on? Or what? 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 It's like what is that? I think it's like he's re- almost regretful about being Deadshot, and it's like uh, I think I, it's I, and like he doesn't like that he's turning into this uh, this bad person that enjoys killing. I think Robin's doing the same thing now in Titans in that TV show where it's I like think he's. he's his, hesitant. I think his response saying, you know, I like putting it on is is the right response to have. Mm-hmm. I think Deadshot needs to say that because we need to. The, the reason they do this is because they like doing it. Um, I mean, the question now might be now, why do you like doing it? That's the next question. That is the most important question. That's the question Will Smith asked himself when he was getting ready for the role. He was like, they do it because they like it but why do they like it? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he does it for his daughter, he does it for his family, or maybe he just enjoys, I don't know, like the question of why he enjoys doing it might be the question, but I, I do like the response. You know, I was like, I like putting it on. Um, I want to say one thing about um, uh, Harley's uh, response to that, and she's like, end. Niall said something about um, her killing Robin and stuff, and it is, again, a point that isn't really touched on. But if there mm-hmm. was a scene about her being involved with the death of a child or teen or something like that, then her response of <laughs> that end, it's like so, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Harsh, heinous, uh, something like that, where you would get a feel of, oh, yeah, Harley is a vile human being, and she does enjoy killing and it's not she's not just Joker's girlfriend. Mm. Mm-hmm. She is a threat. And um maybe the threat of Harley Quinn is lost in visual media. I know it's present in comic books. She is a force to be reckoned with in every single Harley Quinn book. And that's good. They're writing her fantastically. But I think in visual media it is just the look 
that you're supposed to have on screen for Harley Quinn. Maybe look and accent. But I do want her to be menacing. I do want to look at this woman and be like, yeah, she could kill me. So maybe we did get a little bit of a you know lost track of uh, uh, missing a, a death of Robin scene mm. um, in relation to Harley Quinn's menacing antics. Yeah, we haven't seen her kill anyone. Yeah, everyone else has killed someone. So why am I supposed to be afraid of her? I'm just I'm I'm I got hearts in my eyes because she's just a good-looking girl mm-hmm. and uh, I like her accent. Mm-hmm. Deadshot has killed people. Diablo was shown killing people. Croc killed someone. Uh, Captain Boomerang killed a, a teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, they've uh, Slipknot punched that woman in the face. Mm-hmm. Like they all killed someone. Um, Even later on, when she does her little elevator scene, it's just like, cool. You got some good gymnastic things, but you're also killing mindless enemies. You're not. There's no. There's no. Oh, uh, she killed that guy in that jail cell with the with the shiv, with the. Yeah, but it was too fast. Yeah, it was off screen. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we had a death of a Robin, her response to Deadshot's I like killing would have been like, yeah, she's a messed up person. She likes killing too. She killed a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> also have to ask as well, though. Um, like, I take it we're supposed to assume then that the Harley's hair dye is spray on because it was very, very faded earlier in the movie and now it's this mm-hmm. vibrant pink and blue so i guess like i always you know, you assume it's like oh she's hardcore she would just go and dye the hair but it would seem like no apparently she just uses spray on stuff because that's that's the only explanation unless she nipped off to the bathroom for like an hour and then came back with this pristine friggin it would take longer than that even so the, you know no we're not supposed to question these kind of things but i am i'm like well so it has to be spray on stuff yeah I would, I would even guess maybe she just had a couple Sharpies in that box. She just went and just colored it. Yeah. You could do that. Have you guys, uh, yeah, what do you mean? have you covered like the, 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 re- like the swap to the pink and blue? Because like, I've never had it confirmed, but I always assumed it was pink and blue in reference to the Arlene Sorkin character in Days of Our Lives. Was it Days of Our Lives she was in? Where it's like she yes. showed up as, as a clown and the clown was dressed in pink yes. and blue. So therefore, they're doing it as a nod to that. Is that would that be a correct assumption? I don't know, but I'm kind of embarrassed that I know the days of our lives in because my mom has been watching that show since she was like 17, so I was forced to be <laughs> thrown into it. I had no, this is news to me now that I'm rem- I'm gonna grab my phone and and look it up. Um, Mark Bamp. So with <laughs> with the with the uh, with the whole accent bit going on. So what we have here is we have Harley Quinn asking Diablo if he's ever lit. A cigarette with his with his pinky because that would be real classy mm. right so it's like i i enjoy i enjoy it they're um they're talking about um being led to their deaths and, and stuff like that um which is it's kind of like exposition being put in there for diablo's character to be like he has he wants no part in this uh, we talked earlier about if if they enjoy killing um diablo i'm not sure if i know he regrets what he did in his past but did he enjoy doing what he's always done in his life? Yeah. Did he enjoy being a, a gangster all the time? I don't think you, or was that just you something? get tattoos on your face <laughs> to indicate like how hardcore a gangster you are and stuff if you don't yeah. enjoy it. I think that maybe he uh, might have been a thing that he got those when he was like 17 or something. I know Jay, Her- Jay Hernandez is like 40-odd here, actually. He's way older than everybody. Well, not everybody else. Obviously, Will Smith older than that as well, but... 
Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, it could be that, yeah, he's since matured and stuff. He did enjoy it way back when, but it's been like 10 years or something before, since he's he's been that guy. Maybe he still may, might hang out with a gang, but he's not like the... You know the the street tough that he used to be. He's not like he's not a juvenile mm-hmm. anymore. He's he's he became a family man. When you see his family, it looks like a pretty nice yeah. home life and stuff he had as well. Yeah, he enjoyed definitely. He definitely enjoyed doing it to support his family, and and he felt a sense of royalty because he used his power to um, basically make himself. You know, he said, "I I have this family. I got everything I want. I have actual power." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, but do you, did he ever want that in his life to, you know, maybe because of that curse, he was able to use it to usurp power. But it's like, yeah, but as a kid growing up, you, you were plagued by this. I mean, you can set things on fire, my guy. Like you are probably cursed with some magic power uh, or you're possessed by some sort of demon, you know? And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, did he always regret having that? And then maybe as he learned, he could use it to, to get what he wants in life, which is, you know, his, his queen and his, his children, like maybe that's what he ended up liking about it. But if you took that away, he, maybe he just hates this thing. Mm. Like he just doesn't want that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, I've had to say though, the whole uh, interaction with him and Harley though, that's actually one of my favorite lines of dialogue in the whole movie though. It just like, I just think it genuinely is pretty funny. <laughs> She's like, oh, you know, could you light a, a, a girl liked you, could you light a cigarette with a pinky? Because that'd be real classy. Like, and I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. that's like, this is a thing that wouldn't really impress me if you could do that. And she's so sincere about it. It'd be really cool if we, if we saw that later. <laughs> like, if they brought that back, and he does it as a show of like a, a good character development moment. Like, oh, so sweet. <laughs> I do think the pink and blue is a nod to Arlene Sorkin. Mm. And. A little bit about Mark. This is kind of fun. So um, she considers herself like a, a Harley Q kind of type deal because in Days of Our Lives, she was married to John DeLance uh, Q from Star yeah. Trek. Really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. There was a, this little interview with her that I was just reading and, and all this stuff. And uh, I was just glancing by it And one of the things I landed on was something about her sleeping with Paul Dini. And I don't know if that's Ooh. true, but uh, it could be. Um, <laughs> so, that's an unfortunate so, road to start going down. Like, ooh. yeah. So I don't, I don't know how much. Don't look into that too much because I'm. I was just uh, paraphrasing and just quickly we'll reading. Shut it down. We yeah. are, we are now a, a Days of Our Lives podcast. A, a minute. Oh yeah, a we'll minute get my mom, of our lives. She'll know. She knows everything about that show. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, but the, the thing is that like yeah. other big screen or not big screen, but other screen psychiatrists I know are always people of like impeccable tastes because you have like obviously Frazier and Niles Crane and then Hannibal Lecter obviously a very classy guy particularly if you watch the TV show he just looks amazing all the time these fantastic suits and stuff he's got so then Harley's saying that mm-hmm. this would be classy so I kind of get the joke is that it actually would be pretty tacky to do that but the mm-hmm. thing is though would it I, I can kind of imagine if Frazier somehow became invoked with uh, Diablo's power I can imagine him going over and lighting a woman's cigarette with his pinky and been like, isn't this suave and stuff. So I'm actually started We're doubting, like, maybe it is classy, though. <laughs> maybe that actually would be a kind of classy thing to do in the right circumstances. You came over and you had, like, a tux and stuff on, and you did, like, a little, like, hey. And, like, <laughs> it wouldn't be as tacky as I think the joke is supposed to be alluding to. It's, uh, it's, we're all getting wrapped around, um. 
Arlene Sorkin was in an episode of Frasier. Maybe a couple oh. episodes. She was in Frasier. <laughs> Actually, Arlene Sorkin was a voice of Harley Quinn in the animated mm-hmm. series. Okay. The, version, the first one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Before, well, no, like all before. of She's like voice of Harley Quinn, like indefinitely. Well, that's the, no. that's the thing. Yeah, though. it's No, it's now, uh, now it's uh, ta- ta- Tara Strong. What's her name? Was doing that. Tara Strong. Oh, yeah. Actually, know, that's Strong. the thing, though. I've become curious about this recently because uh, she did. She appeared on uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin's podcast as a, doing a guest spot. And uh, like they were kind of asking, like, oh, you know, do, do you ever get upset when you see, like, when they do a, a, a DC movie or something and you're not in it? And she was like, kind of laughing. She's like, yeah, sometimes the cast and directors do make mistakes and don't get me in for some reason. And, like, I started to wonder, like, cause, yeah, she, she has the kind of thing, like, Arlene Sorkin is the voice of Harley Quinn, but she's not been for quite some time since, mm-hmm. like, Ar- Arkham Asylum, I think, was the one. I was going to say, like, Arkham, I think, was maybe the yeah, last one. Yeah, so I actually think... No, we, I think, I, I, think I did it for last year for Batman at some point. I looked up... Oh, no, it was for... We did a hiatus episode reviewing Batman Ninja, and Tara Strong is Harley Quinn in that. And I looked it up, and she's actually played Harley more times than Arlene Sorkin now, yet it's still mm-hmm. kind of not... Everyone thinks, like, oh, Arlene Sorkin is the originator of Harley Quinn, so that's who Harley Quinn is. And I kind of wonder now, I've seen as well, Margot Robbie's IMDb, she's actually done the voice for stuff as well. So maybe she's starting to kind of come up in the ranks as well. I just wonder now if Tara Strong's been like... Also, they got like, what, Kaylee Cuoco is doing her in this Harley Quinn TV show. So uh, I wonder now if Tara Strong's getting a very defensive like, you know I'm Harley Quinn though, right? Like I am, like I'm, I know she did it first, but I know these other people are doing it, but I am the voice of Harley Quinn and stuff. Yeah, as of right now, I would say the voice of Harley Quinn is Tara Strong. Tara Strong. And but then again, Tara Strong voices so many DC characters. It's like, you know, someone else could do it. I mean, it's just they just got to do a New York accent. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the Matt Ryan Constantine thing. They're doing right by me with keeping him on as a voice yeah. of Constantine in both live action and Yeah, and he does voice. everything now. I think they just had a new Constantine movie come out. Um yeah. I think I think though yeah they have a, yeah. New, a new animated so she, yeah. you know, I think she was kind of giggling about it when she was talking but there did seem to be a, a kind of vibe of like well you know voice actors aren't superstars the reason they work so much is because they need to get paid mm-hmm. so the idea that someone could be coming in and taking work for a character that she's doing could genuinely be quite upsetting to someone to be like oh yeah Margot Robbie's now everyone in everyone's mind that's who Harley Quinn is or she might be like no I am I'm Harley Quinn and this is just some woman doing the voice that I do and stuff or doing a much more yeah. New, New Yorky version of the voice that I do. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Margot Robbie she's voicing she's voicing Harley Quinn in um, the the newest Lego Movie that's coming out. So she's in this Lego Movie two, and she's she's doing the voice, which it's going to be interesting trying to hear the voice for the first time without seeing her and being like, so does this sound like Harley mm. Quinn and like. So it'll be interesting. I, I can't remember if she voiced uh, Harley Quinn in Lego Batman. No, I think that was uh, even... Jenny Slate did it there. Jenny Slate, I was doing a lot of... Did yeah, she? Yeah, I remember being like, oh, because I was expecting more from her. Like, not that she underdid the role or anything, but I just thought, oh, they got Jenny Slate in as Harley Quinn. This is going to be a big part. And then she has, like, maybe, like, five lines in the whole movie or something. So, Oh, my God. I need to revisit that. I didn't... Jenny Slate does the voice of Harley Quinn. Oh my god, <laughs> there's too many Harley Quinns. That's too, new, too many Harley Quinns. That's a new uh, DC. They'll just do a DC movie where it's just like a, a Harley Quinn multiverse <laughs> in 
Like the Spider-Man thing? The, yeah, like All we'll right. call it the Harley That is a, a thing, though. Mm, don't talk about like, oh, yeah, post-Batman and Robin. And of course, I can't say anything officially because John's not here and I've not even really talked to him about it. It's like, oh, yeah, after Batman and Robin because be, like, it'll be ending on um, sort of one of a downer because the film is, while enjoyable and hilarious, it's like legitimately terrible. <laughs> it'll be like, oh, I would rather go out on a high. And a lot of me think, it keeps thinking, like, that Lego Batman movie... There is so much happening every second of it. There's like literally in the background, there's constantly little jokes going on. And those Lego movies in themselves lend themselves to like minute by minute treatment. I'm surprised someone's not doing them already, mm-hmm. frankly. And I was like, I wonder if we'll ever touch on Lego Batman movie at all. Because it would be one I wouldn't mind covering in a, in a like prolonged fashion. But again, then that's way yeah. off. Like, oh, we did the 90s Batman movies. And then we jumped to like 2017 <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I mean, you might you might get a popularity boost just because you're doing Batman and mm-hmm. Robin, um, and so it's like it's like when Star Wars Minute mm, did uh, the prequels, and so like Episode One, like they kind of skyrocketed yeah. because of the the notoriety oh, of that I'll movie. Be curious to see. Oh. So I'm expecting uh, not a lull, but I, I, hope, I trust we'll be able to keep the people who are already listening. We'll stick with us throughout Batman forever. But I have noticed there's a lot... La- I'll be there. Within the guests and stuff, we've said, like, oh, I'll come back for like the future movies. And even when we did the first one, people were like, oh, I want to come back for that Batman and Robin, though. And then Forever is the kind of... It is becoming the red-haired stepchild of like people going, oh, yeah, oh, I suppose I could pop on for that. Like, there's there's no... Th- I don't know. that To me, Forever has always been... Uh, I really like that movie and i think yeah i will when we get there i'll you know i'll talk to you about it when you know we do batman when we show up for batman forever or whatever i'll i'll talk to you all about it because i can talk forever about that movie ha <laughs> get it and on that note <laughs> we're gonna wrap up for today if you enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dceu minute and the facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society where you can join us guests of the show and listeners of the show talk about what minute you're on if you're catching what man of steel minute dawn of justice minute um let us know and we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 49 in the suicide squad minute